The views and opinions on this Masonic podcast are Brother Fluff's alone, and not the views and opinions of any Masonic Lodge, Masonic Grand Lodge, Masonic Appendant Body, or any other Masonic Brother. Enjoy! There's not one good man in this world, not one. Only God alone is good. So is Freemasonry lying about taking good men and making them better? I mean, we all know how much I dislike that saying because Freemasonry itself doesn't take a good man and make them better. No, the good man has to pick up the working tools and apply them to his own life to make himself better. But does this mean that we're just a complete fraud if there's no such thing as a good man? This is, this is a question that's been rocking the lives here lately. People have been coming in and using these Bible verses from, from uh, Mark, the book of Mark, the book of Luke, and, and uh, Paul, and saying, Hey, you guys are fake. Y'all are phonies. You don't know what you're talking about. There's no such thing as a good man. And they're turning around and using these Bible verses as a weapon against us and our cause in Freemasonry to give good men the working tools that they need to become better men. You know, this is a very important part of the petition process right here because there's a point in time where you have to analyze yourself and determine whether or not you are a good man, whether or not you have the confidence to come into that lodge and say that you want to be a part of the society because th there is a huge secret in Freemasonry that's never talked about here, and that secret is that there's only two beings in the universe who know whether or not if you're a good man and have a belief in God, and that is you and God alone. Thank you guys so much for listening to On Point Masonic Podcast today. I am Brother Fluff, a proud Texas Freemason, and today we are on that search, that journey of looking for a good man. So what is a good man? And, and, and you know, it's, it's one of those things that you can't even really pull up on Google. You know, I, before the show, I, I was just looking up, trying to do a little bit of research and, and discovering what is a good man? What does the world say a good man is? And when you get on the old Google and you type in the characteristics or traits of a good man, what I've stumbled across is uh, a whole couple of pages full of hyperlinks to dating sites. And these dating sites are giving advice on what to look for in a good man. What kind of traits should this type of man have? And uh, how do you know if, if you've really found one or not? I, I'm talking like this is this is truly uh, uh, a whole numbered site thing here. Like you, you look at one and it says the 10 characteristics of a good man to date. The 40 characteristics of a man you'll never let go. And so it's just kind of funny. It's, to me, it seems like the world is truly lacking on knowing what a good man actually is. So just for fun, I think that I would like to go over some of the topics and qualities that these dating websites say that a good man should have. Because when you get down to it and you really think about it, I mean, we're making a Mason. But that Mason, immediately his name changes from Mr. Candidate to brother, right? And a brother you should have some form of relationship with. So do some of these characteristics and traits of these dating websites 
do they translate into what we're trying to do in the Masonic Lodge? And I don't know. I think it would be fun. Let's just talk about some of these topics here. And you guys definitely let me know what you think because uh, I, I find it kind of interesting. So thedailyspice.com. Ooh, it's so spicy. Uh, the Daily Spice says that the first quality of a good man is that he's smart, but not just book smart, y'all. Not just book smart. We need a guy who is street smart as well. And you know what? I have to agree that that would be a great quality to have in a member coming into the lodge. Uh, secondly, he shares your values. You know, yeah, no, we, we definitely need more brothers inside the lodge who share our same values, who have the same common goals. So, no, that's an important trait. I think that will translate very, very well. He knows how to break the tension. Listen, this one can get a little dangerous. I mean, let's just imagine... Let's just imagine you're sitting in a lodge and you just had your dinner and it was it was some bad green beans or some some soggy pancakes. Yeah, let's let's break the tension in a humorous way and say, well, you know, at least we didn't get served raw pork for supper tonight. But, you know, if he knows how to break the tension down below, uh, it could be a pretty gastrous disaster right there so let's let's be careful about the brothers that we pick to break the tension uh he cares about your family and friends absolutely absolutely we need more brothers in this world who care about our family and friends because you know we are all called to to take care of orphans and widows and if they don't care about my family how do i know they're going to take care of them afterwards uh he's protective yes the number one qualification to be a tyler is that you have to be very very protective uh, he appreciates you and what you can offer 100%. 100%. Whenever I'm in the committee and I get up to give my committee report, I want the brothers to care for me and what I'm offering to the table because my ideas matter. Yes, they do. <laughs> he is in perfect control of his emotions. Woo-hoo-wee. Keeping them passions within due bounds. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. You gotta be able to be disciplined enough to, to, to handle your emotions and to, to understand that changes happen. Absolutely. He understands that relationships require hard work. And, and my brothers, we are doing this Masonic game where we are we are doing Masonic work. We gotta understand that this work has to be done in the quarries. And we gotta do our work outside of the four lodges or four walls of the lodge room. Yes. Hard work is required. This brother must understand that these relationships and these this this uh, formation of brotherly love requires hard work. And finally, he's your biggest fan. And I, I just have to say, I agree with this 100%. All of the brothers need to be Brother Fluff's biggest fan. Now, I'm just, I'm completely playing in that one. I'm not an egotistical person there, uh, but I just thought it was funny and I was going to throw that in. But those are some of the qualifications that the dailyspice.com say make a good man. Does it translate into masonry very well? I think it does. I think it's very important that we understand what these qualities are. In the world of masonry today, we use this term all the time, guard the West Gate. Guard the West Gate. But if you ask the brethren, how do you intend on guarding that gate? A lot of them don't even have any answers. So I know that I did this list in silliness and fun, but in reality, I think that every lodge should come up with some sort of form, some sort of idea on what the perfect member would be for their lodge. 
Now, this is not a Masonic improvement type of podcast. I'm not looking to give brothers advice on how they run their lodges, work their lodges, or anything like that. There's hundreds of podcasts out there that do just that. And and I'm not going to compete with those brothers. Those brothers are very well versed in their Masonic knowledge, and they understand exactly what they're looking at. They've been members of bad lodges. They've been members of good lodges and all in between. And, you know, I'm just going to give one a big shout out right now, and that is Masonic Improvement Podcast. They're, they're the whole reason why Brother Fluff kind of even decided to come out on social media and tell the entire world that I am a Freemason. So I don't want you guys to just take this and say, hey, Brother Fluff said that we need to guard that West Gate, that we need to get on dating apps and look through the qualifications and find out better ways to, to find different Masons. But no, my whole idea is I want you to at least think about the qualities. You see, whenever, whenever we have a petitioner go through our lodges, I do my best to be on that investigation committee. And for those of you who don't know, the investigation committee is a committee that is formed by the Worshipful Master when you do finally turn that petition in. And basically what, what they're doing is they're just double-checking and verifying that you are who you say you are and that you would qualify and you would be a good fit for the Lodge. But there's been so many times that I've just I've, – I've gone to investigations with brothers. I've sat with another investigating member, and they go through the, the, the petition. They go through the list of questions that they have to ask. And they're, okay, we're done. No, no. If I'm inviting somebody into my lodge, I want to investigate them. I want to get to know them. I want to know about the family. Oh, it says here that you have you have kids. How old are your kids? Yeah, you, you hadn't lived in the area very long. Or are they making friends? What age are they? Well, guess what, man? I have I have kids of the same age as well. Oh, man, you're in this industry of work? Fantastic. I know several brothers who are in that industry, you know, or I may be in the same industry myself. Want to get together and, and talk about that sometime? You know, it's, it's, it's getting to know a potential brother. It's getting to know a potential candidate. And at the end of the day, it is up to you as an investigator to write favorable or unfavorable. And if, there, if there's any doubt, any inkling of doubt that they're just not going to be a good fit in the lodge, I think it's your responsibility and duty to make sure that the lodge is well informed. But it's not just about the lodge. This is also our opportunity and duty to make sure that the candidate himself is well informed. You know, one of the one of the big pieces of advice that I give people who come up to me on social media is, "Hey, Fluff, I'm about to have my investigation. What should I prepare for? Should should I clean my house? Should I make a big dinner? Should I bake cookies?" No. No, no, no. You shouldn't do any of that. You see, we shouldn't be an impedance to you when we come and visit to you. But I do think that there is something that you should prepare yourself for. I believe with all my heart that all candidates should have a list of questions that they ask those investigators. Because this is not an audition for you to become a Freemason. No, this is just to get to know you better. Know who you really are and see if you fit, but it's not an audition. I don't want you to put on a show. I don't want you to come in and act like you're bigger than who you really are. The, 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 the number one thing that could turn me off of a potential petitioner is somebody who lies. And I've had that. I've actually had people who have come in and, and I've investigated or they asked me how to become a Freemason, but something was just a little bit off on them. You know, they're always making themselves seem, seem a little bit bigger. Oh man, I'm the project manager for the biggest construction job 
in your town right now. I've done this, I've done that, I've done this. And, you know, there's no way to really verify them. And what they don't really understand is that in, in my Masonic community, at least, we got brothers all over the place. So if, if I think that there may be somebody who's known you outside of uh, outside in the real world, I'm going to contact those brothers and ask them. So come into the investigation being truthful, being honest. Just be yourself. But this is also your chance to ask the questions to figure out if Freemasonry is really right for you. If this lodge is really right for you. In my area, we have, I don't know, six or seven lodges that I could probably travel to and go to at, at a moment's notice, right? If they called me up and said, hey, Fluff, we need somebody to come and, and perform this part of the ritual or we, we just need some help or anything like that, I could get to those lodges very quick. So uh, I try and see myself as a community mason, not a lodge mason. But I have to be completely honest with you guys. There are some lodges that I just don't want to go to. And it's not because the lodges are doing anything bad or anything like that. It's just that they don't fit my personality in my culture. I know that if I was to get into that lodge and I would let my, my attitude and my true self shine and show them what Brother Fluff really is, I would annoy the heck out of them. And not only that, some of them would annoy the heck out of me. So this is part of knowing how to kind of control your desires, right? Uh, you don't need to be a member of every lodge, but man, it still is fun to visit. For instance, there's one lodge in my area that I absolutely love. I love going and visiting. I love hanging out with the brothers. I love eating dinners with them and being part of appendant bodies with them. But this lodge, for instance, they, they do weekly floor class. And in their floor class, the, the main officers of that lodge have to be there to do the work. So with everything else that is going on in my life, I don't, I don't have the time to get in their officer line. I don't have the time to fit the qualifications and needs that they have. But I wouldn't know this if I didn't ask them the particular questions. So, you know, one of the th things that I like to tell potential candidates to ask a lodge before they petition is, what would the perfect candidate be for this lodge? And what I've found so far is that when when potential brothers actually do go out and ask these, this question, that it throws the lodge off. It's a question that they hadn't asked themselves in a very, very long time because we have been so focused on the declining numbers of our membership that we've forgotten that it's not about the quantity, that it is about the quality. We have to have good quality men who reflect everything that we want our lodges to be in order to make our lodges continue to grow. I, I, and I'm not saying, guys, you go to a lodge and you only have 10 members of that lodge. That is not a good situation for that lodge, if we're just being completely honest. That's not a good place to be. However, you shouldn't just let anybody in through that door to get those numbers up. So I, what I'm hoping that we're doing is we're providing the best education and the best knowledge for these candidates so that they can come in and truly determine if what they are will fit that lodge. And then also at the same time, make sure that the lodge knows what this candidate is and whether or not he'll fit them. One of my favorite historical figures of Freemasonry was Paul Revere. And not only because he eventually became a grandmaster and went through so many hardships during his Masonic life. I mean, those are some, some great things to learn about him. But this guy, he had hardships all throughout his life. His father passed away when he was 13 or something like that. And, and he wasn't legally able to own a silversmith shop at that time. 
So Paul Revere literally pulled himself up from the bootstraps. He enlisted in the, the army during the French-Indian War. Uh, he was very, very active politically and just trying to get to know as many people as he possibly could. So for Paul Revere Freemason, membership provided continuous opportunities for recreation and leadership, uh, political connections and companionship, especially with those uh, who might not have normally been within his social circle. The ideology of Freemasonry held a powerful attraction to Revere as it emphasized a respect for tradition in addition to the enlightened belief that men could create a better world through reason, harmony, and right conduct. And most importantly to Paul Revere, this is, this is written down and it is stated that he, he would talk about this. Most importantly to Revere, admission into the fraternity was based upon character and advancement entirely upon merit rather than social status and education. When other leadership positions eluded Paul Revere, Freemasonry enabled him to rise steadily through its ranks. And like I said before, the, the man eventually became Grandmaster. In fact, I mean, he was kicked out of Masonry for four years. And, and that's a topic that we'll get into on another day. Uh, but this man right here, he saw the value of Freemasonry. And he went after it and he chased it. And, and what he enjoyed most about it was the fact that it wasn't based off of your social status, your worldly wealth, your honors, your titles, how much money you had, or how much education you had received, that it was based off of your own character and merit. And if you look at the minutes of St. Andrew's Lodge, when Paul Revere did join at the age of 25, you will find that the secretary did write that this man was elected to receive the degrees of Freemasonry based off his own character and merit. So this is something that was obviously pushed to Paul Revere from the very beginning, the very first seeds of Freemasonry that were planted within him, and it continued to grow throughout his Masonic career. So if you're a potential candidate, I want you to know that don't be worried about that petition because at the end of the day, it's about your moral character. It's about your own merit and your willingness to proceed within the degrees themselves. And to the lodges, make sure that you are starting to plant and grow the seed from the very first meeting of a can potential candidate at a lodge. Like, we got to get this instilled in our new membership that it, it, this is not about where they are in life right now, but it's about where they want to go. A couple of weeks ago, I did this video that explained what the characteristic traits of a good man are. And unfortunately, you know, it just didn't get much traction. But just because it didn't like the algorithm doesn't mean that it wasn't good content. And I'd like to kind of explain what these characteristics and traits are in my personal opinion. Faithfulness and dependability. Kindness, patience, and a desire to lead. And last but not least, moral integrity. And as a Freemason, a brother of this fraternity, a brother of the craft, it is my job and my job alone to make these traits and characteristics better. Now, some of you may be asking, Fluff, where did you come up with that list? How do you know that those are the characteristics and traits of good moral character? And, well, you know, I got to be honest with you. I got it from the Great Light Masonry, the Holy Bible. And I really kind of pulled it out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and i'm just gonna i'm gonna read it to you and then i'm gonna kind of explain to you 
where I'm going with this, you know. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, it says, If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I have nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps the no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfection disappears. Faithfulness and dependability, that comes from verse 7 there, as it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. It is just something that will not fail. Kindness, because love is kind. Patience, because love is patient. The desire to lead comes from basically the, the overwhelming truth that come from within the Holy Bible of, of God telling us, you know, to love our neighbors, love our wives, love our children, love everything as he loves us. That is, that is forcing us as men to, to stand uprightly before all of mankind and lead them to the truth and moral integrity. Doing what you do in public as well in the secrecy and privacy of your own heart. The Bible says that love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It, it, it keeps no record of wrongs, but within our own hearts, how many times do we hold grudges against people? And I know because I have grudges against people right here, right now, at this very moment. It, it's something that I'm working on to get better at, but I mean, that, that just that, that idea of some of the dark things that come in your heart and come in your mind, you know, is that really and truly who you are as a man? So this is just a list that I came up with to judge and figure out what a, a good man really is. And everybody might have different qualifications of their own, something that they look deeper at, but I, I find that these helped me with a, a lot of the things that I do in life, not just in masonry, but I mean, I'm a hiring manager at my profession. So whenever I look at somebody coming in uh, who's wanting to do an interview, yeah, no, I, I, I judge them hardcore off of this, as I should. I should be willing to protect uh, my inner circles in my community. But, you know, if you just come off the street today and you ask a Freemason, hey, what is a good man? I, I'm willing to bet that most of them are going to say a good man is somebody who hasn't um, had a crime of moral turpitude it, or hasn't doesn't act in a way of moral turpitude and I'm just saying that most of your your potential uh, candidates you know most of your potential petitioners aren't law students and they don't understand what is a crime of moral turpitude and well a crime of moral turpitude is one that involves dishonesty fraud deceit misrepresentation or deliberate violence. Moral turpitude has been defined as anything done knowingly contrary to justice, 
honesty, principle, or good morals? Well, who defines all of that? You know, I mean, who really gets to define that? Of course, we have our constitutions and our laws and everything that we have from the local level to the federal level today. And as we see our moral fabric of, of this nation and of the world change daily now, uh, we can see where this, this, these acts of moral turpitude are, are kind of you know, getting lost in translation here. And that's why it's important for Freemasons to, to have a volume of sacred law, to have a firm foundation and a belief, because that is where you are going to get your moral guidance. That's why I, I, whenever I made my list, I pulled it out of the Bible because I am a Christian. We have to have something that shows us what a good man is. And, and whether or not you believe the Holy Bible or you have another book of faith, make sure that whenever you are, you are looking at yourself, your inner self, that you truly are, that you truly are living by the rule and guide of that book. Because you can't build a wall if you have no idea what the foundation looks like that you're setting those first stones on. We have to stop being afraid of hurting people's feelings, okay? We just do. Freemasonry is not an all-inclusive group. We don't bring everybody into the lodge who desires to be a part of the Lodge. Now, I do believe that every good man in this world should know what Freemasonry is, but not every good man of this world should be able to join Freemasonry because our Lodges are so diverse. Our Lodges are all different. We have different goals. We have different desires. It's the, the beautiful part about Freemasonry. There is no sovereign Grand Lodge that guides us and directs us. No, we have our own Grand Lodges set up with our own resolutions and edicts and constitutions and whatnot. And it is up to us to bring in the people that we think will add value to our communities. And there are some grand jurisdictions out there that go way overboard on some things. You know, there's some jurisdictions that don't allow felons into the lodge room. Well, you know, you can have a felony at the age of 17 if you trespassed on somebody's land to go fishing in a pond. That will bring a felony on you. Is that a crime of moral turpitude? I don't think so. You know, it's not my personal belief that it is, but if, if this guy did that when he was 17 and then at the age of of 25 he decides to petition masonry if his life has changed if he's never gotten a speeding ticket if if he is on the 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 path of the straight and narrow path then yeah maybe we ought to give him a chance but at the end of the day that's not up to me but what is up to me is that vote i get to have a vote in the masonic lodge whether or not the investigation committee came back favorable whether or not the petition answers all of the right questions, that is ultimately up to every Master Mason who is in that lodge. And it is important to determine whether or not that potential candidate is a good enough man to join and receive the degrees of Freemasonry. Because the Freemason Lodge is a place that should feel like home. If it doesn't feel like home, you may be going to the wrong lodge. This is. This is a place where you come to meet your brothers. This is a place where you bring your family so that they can hang out with, with other brothers' families. You know, my wife hangs out with, 
with Masonic wives. She hangs out with the Shriners ladies. My, my kids, they play with all of the, the single dads who have kids and they have to bring their kids up to lodge. They play with those kids all the time. So we're forming friendships. We're forming relationships. This is a place where I spend my money. You know, we, we push for scholarships. We push for, for all sorts of, of philanthropies and humanitarian projects. This is a place where my money goes. And it, it, it could be very easy to kind of fudge some of the numbers and, and mess up the books a little bit and not be as truthful with those finances as, as it possibly could be. But it's also a place where we come in trust and truth. You see, Freemasonry allows good men to come together and talk about the issues at hand with life. It's, it's, it's a place where I need to know that my secrets can be kept and where promises can, can be made and followed through. It's a place of love. It's a place of hope. It's a place of charity, brotherly love, truth, and relief. When that petition was handed to me, I had no idea what Freemasonry was all about. I had no idea what a good man was. It was just something that was never necessarily taught to me. I, I, I knew what good character was, what, what integrity and morality was. I, I, I knew all of that because I was a student of the Bible. I am a student of the Bible. I, I could gather that since there. But whenever I got home, I remember walking up in that trailer and put that petition down on the table. And, and I just told my wife, I said, I'm, I'm going to be a Freemason. And she said, I know, I know. But she probably asked better questions than I did at the time. Because, you know, she, the very first thing she asked is like, well, how much time is it going to take from you? Well, you know, babe, <laughs> it's going to take one to two days of the month out of my schedule. Well, okay, I think that's all right. Little did she know that I would become so passionate and insanely obsessed with Freemasonry. You know, now I do four or three nights a week. Of Freemasonry. And then she also asked me, you know, what, what do I have to do? How much do I have to be involved? I said, babe, you don't have to be involved in anything if you don't want to be. Like, this is for men. This is this is just for guys only. You know, it's a boys only club. And, and she was like, okay, okay. That's fine. Little did we know how much it would transform our life, but I, I remember looking at that petition and I was going through a couple of the questions there. You know? And the questions had me start judging myself and start trying to figure out if I even fit the qualifications because it asked me things like, oh, have you ever been through a divorce? Whew. Well, I had. I'd gone through a terrible divorce at that point. It rocked my world. Yeah. If I had a divorce, does that keep me from being a Freemason? It asked me things like, do I believe in the Constitution of the United States? And and man, you know, that, that was kind of a, a weird one for me because uh, before I became a Freemason, I was really involved in some of the political parties in, in my area. And, you know, it's based, okay, here's the deal. I get asked this all the time. I, I am uh, a white male from Texas. I'm very conservative, okay? That's, that's the God's honest truth there. But I wasn't one to back down from a political argument on Facebook. So if these guys saw me on Facebook arguing about the, the way that the world was being ran or the country is being ran at that point, you know, would that disqualify me from being a Mason? There was just things that I didn't know. It asked me who my father was and where he was born and, and what he did. And I didn't know if some of my father's failings might come down and haunt me. You know, this petition was serious. It was a big deal. Did I qualify to be made a Mason? I want to throw this in there. That was just the Texas petition, and every jurisdiction has a different petition. 
But when you're a petitioner, I think it's important to go through that petition and actually read it and actually understand what that grand jurisdiction is wanting to know from you. And then get back to to your your your, your mentor, your sponsor, your whoever's vouching for you, your top signer, whatever. Get back to those guys and just ask them about it because I immediately called my future top signer at that point. I immediately called him and I just said, hey, what's what's it talking about with the divorce? What's it talking about this? Why do they need to know who my dad is? Uh, you know how active I am in the political spectrum. Is that going to hurt me? Is that going to disqualify me? He goes, no, we just we want to know about you. We want to know about who you are as a person and why you're petitioning for the degrees of Freemason. And even though today I don't necessarily look at that petition as the litmus test to determine whether or not a person is a good person, you know, I, I don't I don't think that it just says that. There's a lot of gray area in those dates and names that you can put down on a petition. But it does give you an idea of who that petitioner is. And we should use it as such. We should use it as a, a launching pad of getting to know a person better, understanding who they are, why they're here, and what they're expecting to gain from the light in which Freemasonry is trying to give. Because what you have to understand is it's not about wearing the symbols. It's, it's not about being able to call yourself a Freemason at the end of the day. It's, it's actually being able to receive and use that light, use that knowledge and wisdom that is given to you each and every day. And I'd like to leave us off with a quote from one of our great brethren. Uh, there never was a truly great man that was not at the same time truly virtuous. That's from Brother Benjamin Franklin. And as we head out into the world today, I, I want you to take a good look at yourself, not just the external, but look at the internal as well, as, as all of the qualifications to be made a Mason come from the internal character and merit. But really evaluate yourself today. Take that good look. Make sure that you're being virtuous towards all men. Make sure that you're keeping your passions within due bounds, that you're being kind, you're being patient, you're being loving. And by all means, go out into the world and do something good for somebody today. If you enjoy On Point Masonic Podcasts, the best way that you can support us is rate, review, and share with a friend. Promote it be. 